RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 358 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse, recorded live on Tuesday, March 13th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, March 16th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. All right, Kenna, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week? Well, this week we check out how you can travel into space towards our star with William Shatner. Carl Urban weighs in on a Tarantino Trek film. Nanotubes can save the world. Insurrection gets a fan-cut version on YouTube. And William Shatner has redshirt envy. After that, I'm bringing you the details on Roddenberry's Night of Diversity last weekend. And Elijah has been to see a whole new sort of Star Trek live show. In Star Trek Online and gaming news, we'll be catching up on what the gaming world has to offer. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, those hailing frequencies are always open, and you know we love to hear from you between episodes. So please, reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Captains, we've mentioned already that we've hit our monthly Patreon goals with now 49 patrons. Our latest patron is Andrew Gordon. And again, we are so very grateful for all of you who have donated your hard-earned money to this production. It means so much to us. And you should know that not a single dime of that goes back into our pockets. It doesn't pay for a cup of coffee. All the money contributed to us via Patreon goes right back into the show, covering new content, software upgrades, equipment upgrades, to make sure that you get quality productions each and every week. Now, you don't have to donate $10, you don't have to donate $25, $50, you can donate $1 a month to continue to support the show. And we're so close to $50, my OCD is just going nuts! If just one of you would donate a, a dollar, that, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> and then no one can quit or, or come back. That's it. But in all seriousness, though, we understand that a financial contribution may not be possible. But there are other ways that you can help support the show. For instance, if you're watching our videos on Facebook, give some reactions. A smiley face, a heart, a like button, whatever you'd like, show us those reactions. Also, you can, of course, share our show with your fellow Trekkies. It's that kind of support that keeps this show going. Now, if you're already a Patreon supporter, you can keep up with us behind the scenes using the Patreon Lens feature. But be warned, Lens content is only available for 24 hours. 
The good news is that we're making it available to all of our patrons from just a dollar a month up. So if you've been on the fence about Patreon, now's a good time to sign up and pledge your support for Priority One. And of course, make sure that you're checking on the Patreon website and the Patreon app, if you have it, for all of those behind-the-scenes goodies. Patreon and social media sharing isn't the only way you can help the production of Priority One Podcast. If you've got experience with audio editing and can spare an hour or two a week, we could use your help. If you're interested, we've got a handy form on our website, or just email us at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. Is it hot in here, or is it just you? Have you ever dreamed of embarking on a first-of-its-kind mission to the stars? Was William Shatner there? Well, now your dream can sort of come true. NASA is launching its first-ever spacecraft to the sun, and your name, along with William Shatner's, can go along for the ride for free. In a video released by NASA, Shatner says, quote, The first-ever spacecraft to the sun, NASA's Parker Solar Probe, will launch this year on a course to orbit through the heat of our star's corona, where temperatures are greater than one million degrees. The spacecraft will also carry my name to the sun and your name and the names of everyone who wants to join this voyage of extreme exploration, end quote. The probe, which is scheduled to launch on July 31st, 2018, from NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida, is expected to perform 24 passes of the sun in just over a seven-year period. From the Space.com article, it will, quote, at times beginning within just 3.9 million miles, or 6.2 million kilometers in the metric system of the solar surface. That's seven times closer than any other probe has ever gotten to the sun, end quote. The $1.5 billion project is also expected to shatter the previous NASA speed record. Again, from Space.com, quote, During its closest approaches to the sun, the spacecraft will top out at about 430,000 miles an hour. The current speed record is held by NASA's Juno probe, which was accelerated to about 165,000 miles an hour by Jupiter's powerful gravity upon its approach to the gas giant in the summer of 2016, end quote. To learn more about this historic mission and to find out how to get your name into space, check out the show notes. Wasn't there an episode of TNG about this, about uh, going into the sun? Do you remember this? Uh, Dr. Crusher, and wasn't there the Ferengi scientist? They had to do shield things, and why was a doctor piloting the shuttlecraft? Yeah, Yeah, it was the interphasic something something, they tech the tech, mm-hmm. as they say. Yeah, so you could totally be like Dr. Crusher and that guy. And that Ferengi cool. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Urban is working hard, making the rounds for his latest film, Bent, but it seems much of the buzz is circulating around a few of his other rumored projects, including hashtag Star Trek Antino, the Tarantino-fueled Star Trek film in production. In an interview with LRM, Urban was asked about a potential Tarantino-helmed Star Trek. His response, quote, I think it is a really exciting idea. He is a dynamic filmmaker. Even if I wasn't in the Star Trek movie, I would go to a Star Trek movie directed by Quentin Tarantino. That's for sure. End quote. When asked if he had been contacted about the film, he said, quote, Here's the thing. They're in the really early stages of development at this time. Quentin is about to direct his Hollywood film with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. You're talking about a film after a film. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the ball is in Paramount's court. Hopefully, they'll greenlight another Star Trek movie. If they do it, then it'll be a lot of fun, end quote. Urban also told JoeBlow.com, quote, It's really a question for Paramount 
But that being said, I have such a blast working on those Star Trek movies. You know, the cast, we're like family at this point. I'm pretty confident within, hopefully, the next year that we'll be back on set, end quote. In defense of an R-rated star Trekantino, Urban tells Yahoo, quote, It's just important to remain open to whatever the story is and whatever collaboration may evolve. Whether that's going to mean swearing, more graphic violence, or sex, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. End quote. Be sure to check out the show notes for more. I, I love this story. Do you know why I love this story? Because Carl Urban is talking a lot about this potential... What do we call it? Star Trekantino. Trekantino. <laughs> Bless him, he's trying, but he has said literally nothing. There's a lot of words <laughs> for it being basically, I know nothing. Mm-hmm. Give the people what they want, right? Hi, I'm here to promote my new movie. It's called Bent. It's really great. I'm really proud of it. A lot of talented people worked on it. Let's talk about Star Trek for a little while. Oh, okay. Fine. It's good. He's put words there. Are words on pages. Yes, words on so, pages. So we can talk hurrah. about them. Hooray. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to live in a world where you never really ran out of food, water, or a fine Kirkland Signature Scotch blend? Mm, I know I wouldn't, <laughs> that Kirkland blend. Because all you had to do was replicate it? Well, that world is just a little bit closer. New York-based startup Mattershift has found a way to produce large-scale carbon nanotube, or CNT, membranes that can separate and combine individual molecules. According to nanoscience.com, CNTs are, quote, a tube-shaped material made of carbon having a diameter measuring on the nanometer scale. A nanometer is one billionth of a meter or about 10,000 times smaller than a human hair. CNT are unique because the bonding between the atoms is very strong and the tubes can have extreme aspect ratios. A carbon nanotube can be as thin as a few nanometers yet be as long as hundreds of microns. To put this into perspective, if your hair had the same aspect ratio, a single strand would be over 40 meters long, end quote. From Forbes.com, Mattershift CEO Dr. Rob McGinnis said in a release, quote, This technology gives us a level of control over the material world that we've never had before. For example, right now we're working to remove CO2 from the air and turn it into fuels. This has already been done using conventional technology, but it's been too expensive to be practical. Using our tech, I think we'll be able to produce carbon zero gasoline, diesel, and jet fuels that are cheaper than fossil fuels, end quote. For more information on nanotubes and their impact on us, check out the show notes. So, Star Trek Insurrection. It may not be your least favorite Star Trek movie, but if it's your most favorite, you're probably in the minority. Thankfully for the rest of us, YouTuber Weekly Equation took out all the yakety yak, bloddy blah stuff and left us with just the most enjoyable parts of the film, the ships. In a YouTube video appropriately titled Insurrection, Just the Ships, we get the full suite of ship shots from the often maligned ninth silver screen installment. So if you like the designs of the Sonar vessels, Starfleet shuttles, and the Sovereign Class Enterprise-E, this video is for you. They also have a version of the of Nemesis, just the space battle, um, which I, I also was highly ask approve that. of. Yeah, just that, that's <laughs> good. It's probably the only version of Nemesis I will ever watch again. Captain Kirk marched many a good red shirt to their untimely demise, and gold shirts too. Carlisle, Kaplan. Marple, Hendorf, Mallory, Rizzo. Eh, you get the picture. 
Well, it turns out William Shatner was envious of them. In an interview with Cinema Blend promoting his latest movie, Aliens Ate My Homework, Shatner revealed that he would like to play one of the doomed do-gooders in red. Quote, the guys in the red shirts, they die quickly. They're in and out. And you're on to another show. End quote. All we can say is, we're with you, Bill. We'd like to see that, too. Ooh, burn. As I recall, he actually did get shot in one of those movies. Or, or, or is the bridge on he the He was captain. in a red shirt, too. He was in a red shirt. Yeah. He got thrown under a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Kenna, you had a very eventful weekend with the Roddenberry Podcast Network and Roddenberry.com. Why don't you tell us about that event? I think I will, actually, because it was a really great time. Uh, Now, I told you guys last week that I was going to be attending this event. It was called the Roddenberry Night of Diversity, and it was held at the Scum and Villainy Cantina on Hollywood Boulevard, which is a very exciting uh, location, a location, a venue. Um, So this is a Star Wars-themed bar. It looks just like the Mos Eisley Cantina, and it kind of fits into the whole diversity theme, you know, bringing Star Wars and Star Trek together. It's a really great place. Cosplay is encouraged. The bartenders were in cosplay, and it's very atmospheric. Please tell me they've got that one song playing over and over in the background. Like over and over and over. No, actually... Actually, the the music was amazing because it was all these kind of like there was disco versions of Star Trek music and there's all kinds of remixes and all sorts of different, you know, geeky music. It was wonderful. But yeah, we had representatives from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. So it was kind of hosted by the guys from Mission Log, Ken Ray and John Champion. We also had some celebrities there. So Rod Roddenberry was there and his wife, Heidi. We saw Rekha Sharma from Star Trek Discovery. That was Commander Landry. If you remember last year at STLV, we interviewed Lisa Hansel. She was a producer on Star Trek Continues and a very prolific and awesome makeup artist. She turned up in full sand person cosplay, which was incredible. (laughs) How do you break that costume, Kenna? Do you know it was a big old Hollywood hug is what broke it. And I felt terrible. (laughs) I felt really terrible. Also, Vic Mignogna and Michelle Specht from Star Trek Continues were also there. It was lovely to see them as well. And of course, our own uh, Dr. Robert Hurt, our astrometrics advisor, was there at the party as well. It was great to see them. Obviously, in the title, they were celebrating diversity. Mm-hmm. In what way? Was there a special guest? Was there a speaker? Or was it just an event to kind of bring people together from all walks of life? So yeah, part of the theme of the evening was going back to Etic infinite diversity and infinite combinations and we had some let me take a step back we actually recorded a podcast while we were there they've got recording equipment and they've got some cameras set up and that sort of thing and the first segment was talking to Rod's wife Heidi to Claire Kramer who works in their social media department and talking about the kinds of outreach things that Roddenberry does And you can hear all of that when that podcast comes out later in the week. That'll be a supplemental on the Mission Log live feed. So it was really just talking about diversity, what Star Trek means to the people that turned up, and just bringing attention to IDIC, really. Also, all the proceeds went to benefit Amnesty International, so there was a charitable aspect of it as well. Awesome. Well, I mean, you posted several pictures Mm -hmm. on Facebook, and you also jumped on 
lens for our patrons, exclusive to our patrons. So that was really fun. I'm so jealous. I'm telling you, if I did not have a gig that I had to sing at on Sunday, I would have jumped on a flight. Even if it was just for like the day, I would have just flown in and out because it looked fun. It looked like a lot of fun. And there were a lot of familiar STLV faces there too, I saw. Yeah, there were a lot of people that I've personally have seen at other events. I did want to just draw attention to the fact that Dr. Hurt and I were on the second part of the recording that we did, so you can hear us as well. And I really enjoyed having the opportunity to kind of bring in some of our patrons and bring in some of our listeners and kind of to share the experience with me. So if you were a patron, I I saw that a lot of you went and checked out the content that I was posting on Lens. And of course, if you haven't seen any of those pictures yet, you can go onto our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and see some of those pictures for yourself. So I would really encourage you to do that. And hopefully we'll be able to maybe bring a similar event to you again in the future. Now, this isn't the only event that you're doing this month, right, Kenna? What else do you have coming up? Well, this weekend, we've actually got an event going on at the Paley Center here in Los Angeles. So this is a place, it's a center for media and television. They do a lot of live events and panels and that sort of thing. They're actually having, as part of the Paley Fest, the cast and some of the crew of The Orville are coming to give a talk on Saturday at 2 o'clock. And there are a whole bunch of Star Trek fans that we've got together and bought a block of seats. And there are a bunch of us that are going to go and watch that talk and see what happens there. So like with Roddenberry's Night of Diversity, I will be making use of the Lens app. We've got actually a couple of the Star Trek Online developers are coming down. So hopefully we'll snag a few minutes with them to talk about what's going on. And yeah, you guys can really look forward to that and I hope you enjoy it. So Elijah, I wasn't the only one who went out this weekend. You also had an event that you went to as well. I did, I did. I went to a Star Trek-themed burlesque show in Philadelphia. First of all, I have never been to a burlesque show. I got a sense of it, of what to expect in a burlesque show. It is a performance art that encourages positive body image and is usually themed in one way, shape, or form. So it's an actual performance. Instead of it being dancing to music and only that, this is very much a performance art. So in this particular event, in the bar Taboo in Philadelphia, it was a small venue and it was very warm and welcoming and there was a bar, of course. Now, I mentioned earlier that this is very much a performance art. So for instance, there was an erotic story interpretation of Dr. McCoy being intimate with an octopus-like alien new life forums new civilizations in perhaps the most descriptive ways possible they danced and performed to this reading of fiction then there was well there's more oh there's more and this was perhaps the most fascinating one for me and this is the one that i actually i was like oh that's smart that's really smart Mm. there was a performer dressed as a vulcan cosplaying as a vulcan and performed to nine inch nails closer which, if you think about it, a Vulcan experiencing Ponfar is kind of going to experience what is described in that song, that degree of virility and passion. So here's what I'm trying to say, is that this was an experience, a fun experience. I think this should be at STLV. This should definitely be at STLV. It should be like an adult only, age 21 and over. Mm-hmm. This was enlightening, also fun. And the Roddenberries, a few of the members of the Roddenberries band were there. 
they performed one of their songs, Spock Hand, which was set to Roxanne, the song Roxanne. <laughs> you know that one? Um, <laughs> nice. Interesting. Which is funny, which is funny yeah. and interesting. Hopefully we'll get them on the show. I talked to them and their manager and we'll get them on the show for an interview. They're doing a Kickstarter to help fund their latest album. They were also at Vegas a few years ago on the Roddenberry stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to say, it was a fun experience. In the summer, they're doing another burlesque show of Star Trek versus Star Wars. And you can bet your bottom dollar that I'll be there for that, too. Sure. See, this is why I love doing Priority One, because we talk about things that are going on in the fandom right now. And we try and cover as much as we possibly can. And hand on heart, I can say that I personally have never covered a Star Trek-themed burlesque event before and it's wonderful that there are options out there available for all sorts of star trek fans to enjoy and captains one last piece of news which is unfortunately sad to report is that physicist stephen hawking has died at the age of 76 according to bbc.com in a statement the children said he was a great scientist whose work and legacy will live on for many years Stephen Hawking was a very big Trek fan and also starred in an episode of TNG and, of course, was a prolific scientist and physicist. Our hearts go out to his friends and family. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online and gaming news. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. A few weeks ago, it was announced that players can now send their in-game ships off to be 3D printed in a 12-inch model. More details have now been announced regarding the price for the three versions that you can select from. The cheapest price is $200 for a primer version, giving model painters and hobbyists a chance to paint their own ships. The model is primed and ready for paint. The mid-priced version is the single-color version, which comes in gold, silver, bronze, or black, polished and finished. This one will set you back $225. Lastly, the most expensive version you can purchase is the collectible version. It's a fully printed, hand-painted, fully colored resin model of your starship, including shading. This will set you back a whopping $350. Now, the prices I've read off are considered base prices. Costs for each may vary depending on ship size and your level of customization. Additionally, the ships will be manufactured in batches of 100 at a time, which means depending on how popular these are, the longer you wait to order, the longer it'll be before you get your ship. You should also note that there is a small selection of ships that are not available to print. Several of them are obvious, like the Herald ships, but sadly, the Vesta class and Star Trek Discovery ships also made that list. Something important to note is that the vendor GamePrint is currently running a promotion where all ships that are ordered are available at the base price, but only for a limited time. Links to both Star Trek Online's launch article and to the GamePrint site will be in our show notes. Over to console now, where players can earn Scylla and Charybdis Week 2 rewards. You can take advantage of a Dilithium bonus weekend until March 19th, and there's a 20% off costume and boost sale in the store. Speaking of consoles, console players can't yet link to GamePrint, that's the 3D ship printer. However, if you're a console player and you just can't wait, 20 of the most popular starships will be available to print directly from the GamePrint website, just not individually customized the way you have it in the game. 
And just before we move on, I've got some other gaming news to tell you about. A few weeks ago, Star Trek Timelines held a poll to determine their next mega event scheduled for this summer, and the results are in. Winning the majority was Deep Space Nine and Augments. Additionally, on March 13th, they announced a new ship. The Orion Syndicate Interceptor is now in the time portal of the app, which is available on mobile devices, Facebook, and Steam. Well, that's it for this week's Star Trek Online and gaming news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 357's community question was, If you could learn any language from Star Trek, what would it be? From Patreon, Michael Millette says, Binar. Short, sweet, to the point. I mean, that's a very digital answer. Binar or nothing. There you go. Done. Oh, nice. Nice, a digital. Nice. Also from Patreon, David S. says, Klingon, obviously, if Duolingo is able to finish developing the course, but we've been waiting for quite a while now. And of course, he's referring to the Duolingo language learning app, which has been saying they're going to do Klingon for a while now, but it's not quite ready yet. Katie Fulfort, also from Patreon.com, sent us an emoticon of a thinky face. So she's not sure which one she would choose unless emoji talk is what hi it's she's learning emoji iconography she wants to learn iconography through emojis yeah Mm -hmm. yep that's it Mm -hmm. from facebook bradley manning says i originally was thinking vulcan or andorian but then i got to thinking about the tellarites with as argumentative as they appear to be that has to be a very rich language for debates debates are insults that's true imagine imagine well it was a combination of debate and insult for the sounds fun. The yeah. Tellarites sounds fun, right? It's not. It's not much. It's not much different than what we do every week here. That's not, yeah. From Twitter, Ryan writes in: If I learned Borg, wouldn't that mean I learned every language they've ever assimilated? I'm gonna refer back to Katie Fulfer and her her like you know questioning face. Thinky yes. face. Yes, because what language do the Borg speak, right? When they announce themselves, do they announce themselves in the predominant language? Like, for instance, when they showed up at Sector 00, zero 01, rather, did they talk to the ships in English? Yeah. In, in English? Yeah. And if, yeah. yeah. Uh, we will uh, adapt your biological and technological distinctiveness and add it to our own. But they delivered that in English. They didn't deliver it in, in no, Borgian. No, no. Well, that would be useless. That had to be translated no, Borg, by the universal Borg, translators. Borgian isn't a thing because they don't have yeah, they to talk, talk they, they, to they, each It's all connected they? With, the, with the network. They're all plugged into the Wi-Fi. They're like, I mean, it's like Binar, only not. Can we actually talk about the Vulcan language for a second? Because you have a um, tattoo? I actually, I do have a Vulcan calligraphy tattoo and I was learning a bit of Vulcan. As languages go, like Klingon, it's actually a fairly mature found language. So if you are interested in learning a Star Trek language that isn't Klingon, there are quite a lot of resources out there for learning Vulcan. It's one of the more mature ones that are out there. Shane Hoover in the comment section just wrote, but what language do they, the Borg, think in? That does, that remind isn't there a children's story? It's like do something sleep d- dream and something. Isn't that a, a children's book? It's Electric Dreams. Philip K. Dick. It's do, it's do Androids Runner. dream of electric. Sheep. Oh do, no! Yeah, 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 ye
Yes, 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 yeah, yes, 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 yes. Not a No, not a children's book. They have to be heavily There's... edited. It wouldn't make sense anymore. From Twitter, Hayden Jones says, If I could learn any language from the Star Trek universe, I would want to know the language that they program the Federation computers with. It'd be fascinating to see how computer languages have evolved and we could improve our current software practices from their example. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Because, you know, things were going on the fritz, like, all the damn time. Like, the replicators were always down, and they were being invaded by Iconian probes, and, you know, I'm not so sure that software writing practices have, have improved all that much. I also don't think that they program Federation computers anymore. I think they tell them in plain English what they want them to do, and the computers write their own programs. That could be. That's fair. That's fair. From Facebook, Zach Cody says, Ferengi! I want to learn all 178 words for rain. <laughs> is that the is that Deep yeah, Space Nine? Is that a, an Space episode Nine of Deep Space Nine that they talk about? Uh, from Priority One Podcast, Berthulf March says, "Hey guys, excellent episode and some brilliant bloopers too. I'd like to learn Romulan. Like us Brits have dozens of words for rain, and the Scandinavian people have so many words for different types of snow. I would reckon the Romulan language probably has hundreds of words for assassination, political or otherwise, and that would be cool." <laughs> Love and hugs. Yes, right after assassination, love and hugs. Well, that wraps up episode 358 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at priorityonepodcast.com. We're on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. Maybe tweet us via at Priority One Pod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. Now, Captains, if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel, where we review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as highlighting some of the amazing members in the Armada, which could be you. Each week, we'll team up with you and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's always something for Star Trek Online players, new and old. Just head over to twitch.tv forward slash Priority One. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It is your support that keeps us going. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRidesPodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Ben Churchill, James Skifter, Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, with additional support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media. Speaking of Jake, as always, a big thanks to his incredible contributions to Priority One Podcast in both assisting us in writing the show 
and promoting it. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. The current speed record is held by NASA's Juno probe, which was accelerated to about 165,000 miles an hour, uh, just under, or 265 265 kilometers an hour. That's a highway speed. Or 265, it's a number. I can do this. Or 265,000 kilometers per hour by Jupiter's powerful gravity upon its approach to the glass giant. It's a glass giant. It's a giant bubble. It's like a Christmas ornament. How much NyQuil did you take before the show? Uh, (laughs) It's all the ibuprofen, man. It's like a muscle relaxer. It just kind of loosens the tongue a little bit. Makes you really relaxed. Be sure to check out. Mm. Aw, Jace, you got to put Trek out. Be sure to trek Jake. I don't know why I said Jace. That doesn't sound right. I would be extremely pleased if we saw uh, Carl Urban in another Star Trek film or anything, actually. Right. Yes, please. I touched him. (laughs) That's, That's a really good story. That's a really good story. To put this into perspective, I'm sorry. I just needed a swallow. It was really bad and gross, wasn't it? No, I'm sorry. laughing. I'm laughing at Harvey Lee. Show us on the Dr. McCoy action figure where you touched him. <laughs> oh, my God. Send me a Dr. McCoy action figure, and I will be glad to do that. Um, uh, please. Carlisi? Car- Car- Carlisle. 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 <laughs> I never... That aisle How much neck will you have, Elijah? Yeah. <laughs> They're quite a, a, a nice group of people there. Um, lovely, lovely individuals. Wonderful personalities. From all walks of life. Diverse, even. Idic, maybe. Shut up and let me tell a story. <laughs> it was a performer dressed as a Vulcan, and they performed to Tool. Tool. No, Nine Inch Nails or is it Tool? Closer. Uh, hold on. Nine, nine Inch, Inch Nails. Nails. Yeah, it is Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Yeah, uh, the, you're hitting Ken and I in the college spot right there. <sighs> all right. Now I'm hitting stuff podcast.roddenberry.com the roddenberry podcast network